Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Welcome to SLP Coffee Talk, the podcast designed exclusively for speech-language pathologists who work with older students, grades 4 through 12. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, your SLP behind Speech Time Fun, the Speech Retreat Conference, and the SLP Elevate Membership. And I'm thrilled to bring you conversations, strategies, and insights that will give you the jolt of inspiration that you need. Whether you're tuning in during your morning commute, on a break in between sessions, or even during a well-deserved relaxation time, I am here for you each and every week. Let's do this, SLPs. Hey, SLP Elevate members, welcome to our first member share here with Tracy. So Tracy, thank you so much for sharing with us all about first week of school and scheduling. So let everyone know a little bit about you. First about your SLP ner. <laughs> my SLP is well today my official second day in the building with students. So I hope you guys aren't all there. It's also like my favorite week of school when all the new faces come in and then my familiar faces walk in the door also. I serve sixth, seventh, and eighth graders in two different buildings. This is my fifth year with the school district. It's my 18th year as an SLP. Um, some of my students let me know that I'm old and I'm good with that. It's all good. I always love hearing their like guesses of how old I am. Like I get from 18 to like 105. I'm like, sure, whenever you think that. And you've been an SLP Elevate member since? I think I joined the first month after you published it. So I think on for the whole lifetime of SLP Elevate. That's amazing. So what are some of your favorite tips and tricks when it comes to scheduling? I know it's depending on age group and setting and the amount of kids. What are your favorite words of advice for someone who's feeling a little overwhelmed as we head into scheduling season? Well, I'm going to start with telling you guys it's really easy for me because my school district dictates exactly when I can pull each grade level. So I've got 90 minutes to get all my sixth graders in in one building. Same for seventh, same for eighth grade. So that makes things a little easier. My best friend is my sticky notes and my whiteboard. I do believe these came from a speech retreat. That's what I used this year. So I think um, some initials there and a general Arctic language pragmatics and 
stick them all over my whiteboard and get a rough draft. We have about three weeks to get a schedule finalized. I will start pulling students next week on Tuesday. So sometimes I adjust my groups. <laughs> One of my favorite things to do is to look at are my student visual learners or are they auditory learners? Like that's one great place that if I'm stuck with, I've got two groups of language kids. I like to separate them. So you've given us great resources on how to draw things on YouTube. So what I do for my kind of pick that out is I will put the video up on my smart board and hit mute and see how we do. And for my auditory learners, I sit back here with the how to draw and just read the step by step instructions. And I kind of see where we go. And I'm like, okay, these students learn alike here and these learn alike here. And so I shift my sticky notes around and and I have the opportunity to change them every nine weeks. That also makes things kind of easy. But I used to hate scheduling. I used to really stress me out. Okay, so after I get it on the whiteboard, I kind of do a pencil and paper. Everything I have to do has to be submitted in a Google form. So I've normally played enough around to see kind of what are our favorite things, who are our visual learners, who are our auditory learners, who really pushes each other's buttons and who's too much for me at one time. And then I submit my Google Forms. Do you have restrictions on like when you can and can't pull them or is it just whenever they're, whenever you can? They give me specifics. So I may have my sixth graders. Well, I start my day with seventh graders. I'm allowed to pull them from 8.30 until 10.05. That's it. So that is the time they're allowed to come. I'm not allowed to pull them from core classes. That's my favorite thing about working with upper grades. Like I don't have to deal with can't miss math, can't miss social studies. We have art. Um, it makes my life really easy. I know it's not that easy for everybody else, but my next group of kids come in from 1015 until 1145. And then my last group comes in from two to 330. And so those are my dynamics. That's where I can go. It makes it easier when you're basically like told when you can cancel. There's no like question and it makes it so much easier. I know for me, I like to schedule my most challenging students first, the ones with the most restrictions. Sorry. So like my resource from our inclusion kids that are like, they can't miss core content. And then I'll go into my more restrictive students who have a little bit more flexibility. Like the teachers can, will say, okay, they can miss writing or they can miss science and social studies. No, I'm being myself contained students. And then my like life skill students, which it's a lot more flexibility because it's more, they're just doing more centers and rotations all day long. I kind of fill them in the, the, the blanks in between. So that's just what has worked for me with having just a large caseload with a lot of restrictions. And what advice would you give to someone who feels like overwhelmed with the need to change a schedule over time? Breathe. You're <laughs> not it into stone. And, you know, I mean, sometimes you have to look at what's best for the students what's best for you. It's got to work to get growth, to move forward, to, I mean, to make those progress reports show what you want them to show. I mean, I think it's okay. In my first seven years, I would have thought, oh no, can't change the schedule. My advice would be on the schedule to say what revision date it was. True, true. That's a great tip. Because I've had that case where I've accidentally put the wrong one on top or forgot to throw out the old one or... Oh, I do my digital. So it just, it is what it is. 
And again, that's a requirement, but I've also found it's really easy to just cut and paste. So, so true. And if you are doing with paper and pencil, use a pencil, not a pen, so you can make changes. Absolutely. Highlighters can be your friend too, so. I have a question for you. What about teacher preferences? Do you ask them what they would like? Do you not ask them? What advice would you give on that? I introduce myself every year. I tell my building, these are the days that I'm going to be there. And I say, how would you like me to alert you as to when I'm going to get your student? I mean, here's the thing. Make friends with your people. If you get along with them, it's going to make your life a whole lot easier. And I, um, one of my buildings, we use Google Calendar Invite. They're like, I can't ever remember this. I don't remember where I wrote it down. I don't know where to save it. So it's a little tedious because the confidentiality, I put the student and the teacher in a Google Calendar Invite and they both get alerted. And normally they make eye contact and the student heads out. I also like to tell my middle school boys that I know you want to go to PE. And as long as you show up, there's going to be a reward of some sort. So I do a STEM activity once a month. Um, Sometimes I let them choose what it is. Sometimes we add in an extra game. I also tell them, you know, hey, the first time you don't come, we're going to discreetly get you here. The second time, we're going to call you out of class. And the third time, I'm going to walk in and come and get you. I never have to get to the third. I just have to prove I'm going to do it. That's the trick. It's like, don't want to call you bluff. Like, you have to stick with it. Like, if you didn't do that phase two, they're going to never believe you for phase three. What do you like to do with your students when you first pick them up at the first time? So I normally tell them that they can ask. And I, because of middle school, I always preface it with school appropriate. We play 20 questions. So the very first time it is you have 20 questions so that they can learn about me. I, that's always really fun. And I never know what they're going to ask me. So it's not like I can be really prepped. But, you know, it's sometimes I have to really think about, um, you know, they'll say, if you could play in any adventure, you know, what would it be? And I'm like, I like to really think about those kind of things. And I also like to be really detailed and tell them, can you describe exactly? You know, if they're going to ask me those things, I try to make sure I do it and then ask them to do it. We do, right now I have a large bulletin board in the back of the room that says, "Here, these are a few of our favorite things. So I have them just write their things on there. Right now it says coffee and tacos because that's what I put to start the board up there. But then we guess. I mean, we do so many fun things with, ooh, these are their favorite things. Which category do they belong to? Let's describe it. Sometimes I do a color for every grade level and then we try and figure out who could this person be. That's so fun. I love it. And that's why you can have, it's visual. It's there. Reminds you of what you need to motivate them. They love it. What are some things you've had on there in the past? We've had hot dogs from ballparks. Like somebody literally certain kind of hot dogs. And I loved it because they all get to put three things on the board. And so it was like the Chicago dog from Wrigley Field. Like, this is pretty awesome. So then it opens up a whole conversation of, I've never been to Wrigley Field. Also now Wrigley Field. What do they do there? But it really, it really develops that connection, not only with me, but amongst the other people in our room, because I think I am nine different schools feeding into one building. And so the chances of there being more than two students who know each other in the room, and sometimes I break them up on purpose. You know, it's just fun to get to know about 
other people and it really breaks the ice and takes away some of those jitters, especially with my sixth graders, my seventh and eighth graders trying to have a little more fun with it. Like, hey, we've done this, but I'm going to try and be sneaky and see who remembers. And sometimes we play it that way. Like, who remembers Joe's favorite animal? Love it. That's so fun. I love it. That's something there's no prep involved, literally giving them a piece of paper and having them write something down or draw it. Like, so simple. And they feel so empowered and they see themselves reflected each and every time that they're in your room. So that's amazing. Yes. And it normally, I normally leave it here through our first month of school. And then I jump into an Elevate activity. And so we go from there. And sometimes I'll go, okay, well, I know this is what Hallie has out this month. However, my students have really listed anime. So we're going to start with anime and then we're going to roll. Smart. You have access to it. So you might as well go back and use it. They've never seen it before. Yes. I love, love, love to do that. That's so great. What what do you say you have it up there for the first month of school? What other things are you doing after you're doing these, like getting to know you and favorite thing activities? I usually use that to guide me to what we're doing. I know I talked about I do a STEM activity every month. So sometimes we see slime up there and sometimes we see a volcano. And so I try to build that in with our month. And then, like I said, sometimes I use the theme you've put out and sometimes I go, oh, we really love like pizza. I mean, we really loved pizza last year. So we did lots and lots with pizza. So that was easy to do with my STEM activity too. So love it. What advice do you give to someone who feels pressured to jump into gold and data collection right away? I hit my goals with the favorite things. I mean, we categorize the things on the board. We describe the things on the board. We compare and contrast. We try to come up with anonyms and synonyms. It doesn't have to be fancy day one. I personally don't do it all year long. But month one, I feel like getting to know my students and having my students get to know me is the most important thing that I can do because then we can achieve goals. If they don't know me, they're not motivated. I mean, What's to come to speech in middle school? It wasn't like that my first few years. My kids love me. I had eighth graders seeking me out. Like, when do we get to come? And I'm like, you guys, let's get in. Let's figure out how the days run. And your first day will be on Tuesday. I promise. It's so amazing. Thank you so much, Tracy, for sharing your ideas, your advice, your tips. Thank you for being our first member share in the FLB Elevate. This is something we're going to be doing more often in the group because I love being able to feature you guys and what you guys are doing and the great ideas that you all have. So thank you so much for sharing everything with us. You're welcome. Have a great evening. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. It means the world to me that you're tuning in each and every week and getting the jolt of inspiration you need. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at my website, speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss any future episodes. And while you're there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys.